Parenting is both a wonderful blessing and a significant challenge. Uh, each of us know that and have experienced that firsthand. And so tonight, in the midst of that tension between the blessing of having children, and it is a blessing, uh, and the challenge of parenting, I just want to spend some time uh, reminding us of three things that I pray will encourage us as we reflect on them once again. And I say once again because I'm not saying anything tonight we haven't heard before. And that's a good thing. Because so much of parenting as Christians is being reminded of the same truths over and over again. And by the grace and spirit of God, uh, applying them to our lives and applying them to our children again and again. Paul highlights this in Philippians 3.1 when he says, To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. It's no trouble as pastors to remind the body of the same truths over and over again, and it's safe for us when we do so. So let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would encourage our hearts, that you would give us fresh vision for the responsibility you have given us with our children, that we would see them as a delight, that we would see parenting as a delight, uh, Lord, and that you would remind us of your grace and your love and just your your strength this, this evening, Lord. That you would walk with us and that you would sustain us as we parent. Lord, we pray for our children. If they're not saved, we pray you would save them. And if they are saved, that you would uh, allow us to be used by you as an instrument to, to, to pour into them. That they might mature. That we uh, might be able to disciple them. That they might grow more and more like our Savior. Like their Savior, Lord. We pray um, that we would personally grow in our amazement this evening in who you are and what you've done, what you promised to do. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. As some of you know, I started running a couple years ago, and, and one of the things I found to be so important is hydration. And when I go out for my longer runs, I make sure to have two bottles uh, completely filled with water. And I have these energy goos that I need to take about every hour just to have uh, enough carbohydrates to, to keep running. And uh, what I've realized, what I've found out is that I have to be very intentional and uh, have a real plan of preparation for, for when to, to drink the water and when to take the carbohydrates. Uh, because... If I'm uh, feeling fatigued, if my legs are starting to cramp, my quads are starting to cramp, in a sense it's too late. I need to take some of those energy goos, sometimes 10-15 minutes beforehand, so that I can continue to run at that good pace. And as it is with all of us, just I need to constantly be drinking water to keep myself hydrated. Uh, in the middle of the summer, when it was really hot, there was a couple times where I had planned to do a longer run, but, but halfway through I was out of water. Uh, I had nothing left, and I didn't feel dehydrated yet, but I knew I had to cut the run short because if I continue to run without the water, without those energy goos, uh, I knew it was only a matter of time before bad things were going to start happening. And I share that because we need to do the same thing when it comes to us as parents. Parenting is not a sprint. Parenting is a long run, and we need to keep drinking the living water of Christ. We uh, need His Word and His truth to pour over us again and again. 
let me put all my cards on the table here at the start. On, on Saturday night at Youth Group, I said one of the greatest temptations for our teens is the fear of the future and the fear of the unknown. And, and that's a temptation for us as well. But I also think for us as parents, one of the greatest temptations we face specifically for parents who are in their second decade of parenting is weariness. The temptation to be weary. Parental dehydration, if you will. When we first became moms and dads, most of us lived in a romanticized dream world in which we believed we would not make the mistakes of our parents. We would correct all of their faults. And we couldn't imagine ever being impatient or angry or sinful in any way with that precious baby that we were holding in the hospital. And that child would no doubt, sooner rather than later, rise up and call us blessed, amazed that God would grant them the amazing privilege to be trained by moms and dads of our caliber. But that's not quite what happened along the way, was it? I think a lot of us realize that we're a lot more like our parents than we thought, or if we did correct some of those mistakes, we made other mistakes, sometimes as a result of trying to correct our parents' mistakes. And we learn that our kids can bring out sins in us that we didn't even know were there. And that our kids, unbelievably, shockingly, sarcastically I say, are sinners who are slow to grow and sometimes don't even want our help and guidance. And all of this can lead to the temptation for us to be weary as parents. To be weary. To be tired. To feel uh, like there isn't hope. To believe God's never going to use us. To believe uh, we're never going to change or our kids are never going to change. And as a result, I think there are two things we can do. Uh, two kind of bad fruits that can come from weariness. And they they might look like polar opposites, but I, I really believe it's the same root cause. And that these two reactions are far, far more similar uh, than dissimilar. I think on one hand, we can just check out, Right? We can be uh, tempted to think, what's the point? We don't believe we can make any significant positive impact in our kids, in our families, and we're tempted just to throw in the towel. We're in the same house as our teens, but everyone's just doing their own thing. You're, you're there, but you're not really there. We're, we're in the same house, but our teens are going one way, and we're going another way, and we just try not to uh, step on each other's toes. I'll exist, you'll exist, let's just try to survive this. But, but as far as intentional parenting, parenting, as far as really pouring into our teens, uh, what's the point can be the, the question of one who is weary. On the other side of that spectrum, we can be tempted to double down in our own effort to create change in our weariness. And, and I want to really stress that in our own efforts. You know, we think, okay, this isn't working, I'm feeling weary, uh, my kid's not changing, maybe I'm not changing, maybe if I become even more intentional, or even louder with my voice, or the discipline is even more severe, then things will change. And so I think checking out and doubling down on our own strength 
is the same reaction, uh, comes from the same place, and often that doesn't make either of those options, don't make things better, but worse, as parents and teens become even more divided, either by not talking at all, or when they do, just at each other's throats the whole time. If that's where you are tonight, either uh, you're not weary, but you can feel the temptation to weariness, or you're DEFCON 5 weary tonight, I want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone. And there's two kind of reasons for that. One, parenting is a challenge challenge for everyone in this room. And everyone at Christ's community who's a parent. Don't, don't believe the lies that there are families who have it all together and then there's you. None of us have it all together. We all need a Savior. Parenting is a challenge for, for everybody. We might see grace in you know, that child or this child or... Um, you know, there might be good good fruit in this area or that area, but all of us are desperate for God. All of us uh, have burdens for our kids because uh, none of them are perfectly like Christ, even the ones that are saved. And many of our kids aren't saved, and none of us are perfect. All of us need a Savior. And so uh, the temptation is to look at people and to think they have it together when they don't, or for us to project strength when we don't. And so we're in it together. I was sharing what I'm going to share with you tonight with Cal, and, and she was saying, oh, I, I need to hear that, I need to hear that, I need to hear that. We can be tempted to weariness. We can be tempted to weariness when we feel like we've had the 500th conversation about something, and the growth just feels so slow. So it's the blessing of the church is that we're in this together. And even better, even better news uh, is that God is with you. Not only are the parents of Christ's community and the people of Christ's community with you, even better, God is with you tonight. God is with you tonight. So, three reminders about parenting. One, weariness often comes when we forget God and seek to do it in our own strength. Weariness often comes when we forget God and seek to do it, seek to parent in our own strength. It's important to remember at the start that you are not a parent by accident and your kids are not a surprise to God. When you brought your kids home from the hospital, God didn't turn around and say, Whoa, when did that happen? I was focused on all, all this turmoil in the Middle East and didn't even know you were pregnant. Congratulations! Wow, I hope that goes well for you. God, in his sovereignty, made you a parent. He decided that you would be a parent. And he gave you the exact children you have by his purpose and his design. God gave you those children, God made you a parent, and God doesn't make mistakes. I was talking to the teens on Saturday about having three girls, uh, three daughters, was a surprise to me, right? I, when I found out that Malin was a girl, just, what? How do you raise a girl? What does it mean to have a daughter? And, and for God and his sovereignty to know, oh, Ben, you're not going to have one daughter. You're going to have three daughters. That was a surprise to me. It wasn't to God. God knew I would have four children. That surprised me. Did not surprise him. And not only did he know I would be a parent and made me a parent, not only did he know 
how many I would have and, and the, the genders of those children. He knew everything about them. He knew every issue they would face physically, spiritually, relationally, circumstantially. And in his sovereignty, they're there on purpose. And sometimes we can look at the challenges of our children. And we can be surprised by it. We can be at times overwhelmed by those challenges, the things they're struggling with, the things they're walking through. God is not surprised by any of it. He knows about it. And it's there by his purpose and design. And knowing and applying the doctrine of God in our parenting is important because it will bring peace instead of weariness. You know, no, having a, a a right doctrine of God, it's not just for elite theologians, it's for parents. When we are weary, it's because um, we are forgetting the doctrine of God because we're overwhelmed by uh, everything going on in our world. We don't know the answer to, God, why are we walking through this situation? Why is this happening? Why are they struggling with this? Why am I struggling with this? Oh, when is it going to change? Is it going to change? You know, we, we can just be overwhelmed by all those type of questions and concerns and fears. And having a right doctrine of God is so good because it puts God at the center and says, I might, Ben Ross might not know all the answers, but God does. I might not know why this situation is what it is, but God does. And it is for our good and his glory. Often when we're weary, it's because God is not at the forefront of our hearts and minds. Our struggles are. Our struggles are just right in front of our face. And the truth of who God is and what he has said gets pushed further and further from the center, right? Just when you are in a trial, whether it's just kind of the day-to-day -day stuff or it's a bigger thing, that's the thing that can be right in front of you. That can be uh, all you see, all you hear. It can be very loud or very overwhelming. Then just who God is and what he's done and what he's promised just moves further and further away from kind of daily reality. And so we grow weary. On Saturday, encouraging the kids with Exodus 3. Moses says, who am I? Who am I to do this? Who am I to go to Pharaoh? And God doesn't answer that. He just says, I go with you. Here's your hope. I go with you. And when we don't remember that God goes with us, when we try to do it in our own strength, that is a... Uh, snowball for further weariness because okay, we're weary there's a situation that's hard it's overwhelming it's right in front of us we've kind of pushed God to the side the truth of who he is the truth of what he's done the truth of what he promises and so we're trying to do it in our own strength and as we do it in our own strength we see how inadequate that is we see that we fail in doing it in our own strength and what a surprise we become even more weary and I'm saying this as one who does it I'm weary, 
either I, I, you know, check out or I double down. But usually for me, it's more of like, I'm just going to try to muscle this through in my own strength. I'm going to make the change in my kid. I'm going to make the change in me. And what a surprise, I don't. And I just, that snowball grows. The weariness grows. Feeling inadequate is not the problem. Mom and Dad, you and I are inadequate. We are not enough. We need a Savior. We need God, right? God's called you to something, but not for you to do it in your own strength. He's called you to something that you are to do in His strength daily. Feeling inadequate is not the problem. The the problem is when we feel inadequate and we seek to do it in our own strength. When we feel inadequate, when we say, God, I can't do this by myself, and we go to Him, and we ask Him for His strength and His grace, and God, please, would you you, um, speak through me in this conversation? Would you give me grace uh, to pour out to this child? Uh, That is when... God is glorified and good things come in our parenting. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So, you know, Paul is saying here, God can do abundantly more than we ask or think according to the work, uh, according to the power at work within us, which is God. When God works in us, God works through us. And praise God for that. That if parenting was just about you in your own strength, being a good parent, doing it the right way, A plus B equaling C, If your kid was doing well in the Lord, who gets the glory? You do, because you did it. There's something so beautiful about about needing God and doing it in His strength and, and His grace, because if there is any fruit in our children's lives or our lives as parents, we're able to say, oh, that was God. That was God's power working within us, or sometimes despite us. And so we as parents will be weary if we're trying to do it in our own strength, but we can't do that. I mean, we will. We'll be tempted to it all the time, but we we must, when we feel that temptation to do it in our own strength, to go to Christ again and again and again. John 15, 4 and 5, a well-known passage. I want you to think about it and apply it in the context of parenting. Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. You cannot parent apart from abiding in Christ. It will only lead to weariness. But if we abide in Him, we receive His grace, we receive His strength, and we can give that to our children. 
a branch and a vine. They can't be sometimes connected and then sometimes disconnected, right? A branch and a vine are either connected and it's healthy or they're not and that a branch is dying. In the same way as, as Christians and as parents, we must constantly be abiding in Christ. Just every conversation, every moment, just God help me here, help me here, help me here, give me grace for this, give me grace for that. Parenting, uh, there's such a spectrum of things that we do every day and we realize we can't do any of them without Christ. J.C. Ryle says the following about what it means to abide in Christ. I've shared this before, but it's just such a good quote and applies to so much in the Christian life. He says, To abide in Christ means to keep up a habit of constant, close communion with Him. To be always leaning on Him, resting on Him, pouring out our hearts to Him, and using Him as our fountain of life and strength, as our chief companion and best friend. To have his words abiding in us is to keep his sayings and precepts continually before our memories and minds and to make them the guide of our actions and the rule of our daily conduct and behavior. So instead of checking out, we go to Christ. Constant, close communion. Just leaning on him, resting on him, pouring out our hearts to him, asking for his grace. And on the other side, not doubling down in our own effort. But again, going to God and asking, Lord, if there's anything that needs to change, if there is anything where I need to be more intentional, allow me to do it through your strength, through your grace, to believe that if anything changes around here, it's because you've simply used me as your instrument. Second reminder. Enjoying our relationship with God and enjoying His grace daily will take us from weary to hopeful. Enjoying our relationship with God and enjoying His grace daily will take us from weary to hopeful. This sounds so simplistic. It sounds like a pat answer, but but parents, it is so true. The greatest thing you can do for yourself for your marriage, for your children, is to walk close with Christ and to remember His gospel and the grace that comes from His gospel daily. The, the, the greatest thing you can do, the biggest way you can benefit you, your marriage, your children, is for you, by the grace of God, by the Spirit of God, to walk close to Christ and to remember the gospel and the grace that comes from the gospel daily. Before we apply this to parenting, think about how it benefits you. Just by you doing this, it reminds you of truth. It, it takes God and puts Him rightly at the center of our hearts and minds. So if trials and temptations and just the, the things we're struggling with with our children, the things we're struggling with as parents and as Christians, if that... Uh, tries to place itself right in front of our eyes and we can't see anything else, being close to Christ pushes those things into the appropriate place. And God then becomes the lens. We, we see those things through Christ instead of seeing Christ through our trials. 
When we are close to Christ, we see all those things in our life. They're still there, but we see them through the lens of Christ and the gospel instead of the other way around. And when we're close to Christ in prayer and in the word and just these different spiritual disciplines God has given us, we're reminded of truth. God loves me. He has saved me. I am forgiven of all my sins. I was an enemy of God, deserving of his wrath in eternity forever apart from him, and yet he rescued me. And I'm his son or daughter now, and he's never going to leave me or forsake me. Just as he promised Moses, I will be with you, he has promised us. I will never leave you or forsake you. And these trials, although they're hard, he's, he's using them for good. He's redeeming them. He's using them to sanctify us. He has plans for these things that go generations in length. There are things that Kelly and I have struggled with, and, and we wonder why did we go through that. And then our kids go through similar things, and we realize, oh, we can testify to the grace of God. We can testify to his faithfulness. God knew with some of the stuff 30 years ago, and obviously he knew from the foundations of the world, but he knew 30 years ago that, okay, this trial is going to be hard for, for Ben or for Kelly, but they're going to have a child one day, and I know his or her name, and they are going to be able to care for that child in a greater way. They're going to be able to point to me in a more clear way because of how I show myself faithful to them now. That That's the type of... Uh, playing field God is on and it's just so different from us and when we're in the scriptures we realize all is not lost that's what weariness tells you right all is lost all is lost nothing good can come from this this is a waste and yet when we're with God we realize oh no 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 his plans are perfect and he works all things out together for good for those who love him in Christ Jesus we remember that every day of our lives, written out before any of them came to be, he's got a plan, and it's a plan for peace. It's a plan for welfare and not for evil. And so um, staying close to Christ will encourage your own soul. And then as we put on kind of the parenting hat, if you will, if we think about the responsibility we're given, just think about how different we look at our children, how different we look at ourselves. One of the temptations in the flesh is to they're the problem. If they would just change. If they would just get their act together. And when we are reminded of the gospel, we're, we're, we're reminded we're all in this. It's not a them problem, it's an us problem. Romans 3 doesn't say all children sin and fall short of the glory of God. The parents are in themselves holy and righteous in all they do, right? It's Romans 3, it's we're all sinners. We all need a Savior. We all need grace. We all need forgiven. And so when you remember that and you walk towards your children, then it's not a, if you just would change. It's, we all need help. We all need grace. Oh, son, daughter, let, let me share with you how that very issue that I'm concerned about for you, that very issue that I do want to help you with, how I see it in my own heart. 
It's not we're up here and they're down here and just if you guys would try harder. It's we're all desperate. And in, in a similar way, when we're, we're reminded of the gospel and we're walking with Christ, parenting doesn't become us versus them. One of the greatest attacks of the devil is getting parents and kids to believe that they're against each other or that uh, in marriage that spouses are against each other when in reality our, our issue is sin versus God. I've got a sin problem and that's a problem with God. Not I've got a sin problem and that's a problem with my mom or dad or with my kids or with my wife or with my husband. We feel each other's sin, and so it makes sense that we become tempted to think it's us versus them. You know, in marriage counseling, the temptation I feel is just to constantly say, you're both the problem. Because we are. It's not that one is sinless and one is sinful, and, and, and if the sinful one would just realize that, that the sinless one can move forward, it's we're both at fault. We, again both need a savior. Not that there aren't things each of us are saying that are right, but there are things we're both saying that are wrong. And there's uh, things we're operating in that are idolatrous or are wrong in their identity. That it's not in Christ, it's in something else. And in the same way as parents and teens, we can struggle with a me versus you. And that will color the type of care we give to our kids. If it's you're my enemy instead of my sin is my enemy and your sin is your enemy and how do we go together to God to deal with this sin so I think it just levels in a right way the playing field we're still the authority mom and dads are still the authority Parent, teens are called to respect their parents but at the cross the ground is equal and we are far more like our children than we're not like them and our needs are exactly the same. I also think, and we're in a point two still, uh, when we are close to Christ, it makes, in a sense, parenting a lot more simple. Because I just have to constantly ask myself, how can I treat them, how can I treat my teens the way God's treated me? Right? When the flesh is going, it's how do I win these battles? How do I have peace in this house? And how does it stop being so loud around here? How do these kids do what I want them to do when I want them to do it? And instead, not that it's uh, wrong to desire for there to be quiet at times, not that it's wrong uh, to want your child to obey you, but really for what God has poured into you for that to pour out into our children. God pours his word into us. Do we pour the word into our children? God has loved us. Do we pour that love into our children? God has forgiven us and been patient with us and doesn't bring out all of our areas all at once where we need growth, even though he knows them. There's a, there's a patience. There's a, a, a quick to forgive. There's a, hey, I want to I wanna help you. I want to disciple you. You're not bothering me right now. Just by the grace of God, if we throughout the day, just how is God treating me? God, help me. I know I'm going to be imperfect in this, but help me to strive to be to them the way you are to me. And when we're not, to admit it. And to be able to say, there's hope for me because of the gospel. I think for us to be able to go to our children again and again and just be like, hey, 
I need a Savior as well. I'm so sorry for the way my sin affects you. I'm so sorry for, for that outburst there, but I'm so grateful that God forgives me too. Dad needs a Savior. Mom needs a Savior just as much as you. We're in this together. Would you please forgive me? And to receive that grace again from God and that forgiveness from our children. I think sometimes our weariness can come because we know how often we fail our kids and those regrets pile up as the years go on. Remember the grace of God. Paul Tripp, in uh, a new book he has written on parenting, uh, talks about how we understand past grace, we understand that we have been forgiven, and we understand future grace, that God is going to allow us into eternal life with him, into the new heavens and new earth, but we forget about present grace. We forget about the grace of God right now, that yes, you failed, yes, your kids are sinning, yes, you are sinning, yes, there are all types of issues here, but there is grace to be received from God right now. There's grace that covers your sins of today. There's grace to help you to grow more like him. There's grace for your child to be saved, or if they are saved, to grow more and more like Christ. The way Christ has promised that you'll grow more and more like him. To take that grace and to be confident in that grace and to apply that grace to yourself but to your teens. And then finally, parenting is more like farming than mowing your grass. Parenting is more like farming than mowing your grass. Mowing your grass is long, you get out the, the mower, you go back and forth, depending on how big your yard is, 30 minutes, an hour goes by, done. Right? It was long, now it's short. It looked kind of chaotic, looked kind of out of control maybe. If you hadn't mowed in a couple weeks, you mow, boom, it looks good. That's not parenting, right? Parenting is not, okay, I see these issues in my kids. Okay, let's have a conversation. Let's deal with this. Half hour goes by, hour goes by. Yep, ship shape, they look great again. It's like farming. It is slow. It takes time. You must be patient. It doesn't happen in a half hour or an hour. It takes place over a much longer season. And that's hard. But we must understand that's what it is because if you don't recognize that, if you don't recognize that you're a slow grower or that your kids are slow growers or maybe they're not saved, then you're just trusting God that as you pour uh, the gospel seed into their lives that uh, by God's grace, uh, one day it would produce a harvest. If we don't recognize that it's a process, we're going to be tempted to weariness when it doesn't happen on our timetable. You know, we might say, well, okay, I understand, maybe not one conversation, but surely 20 conversations, or surely 100 conversations, or surely six months or a year. And when that doesn't happen, when that's not God's timetable, the temptation for us to either throw in the towel or to double down in our own effort and say, you know, I tried the God way, it didn't work. No. Let us be patient. James 5, 7 and 8, be Patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. I love that phrase there of, you know, one, the command to be patient, because I'm not, and I need to hear that. 
but I also love the the imagery of the early and the late rains. You know what what you are giving to your kids right now in praying for them and giving them biblical wisdom and saying, hey, here's here's God's commands and here's how we're breaking them and here's why we need a savior and this is what Jesus has done. Those, in a sense, are the early rains. Everything you've done are the early rains, but but the crops need the late rains too, and that's. That could be the teen years, that could be the 20s, that could be longer into their life. But what I know is your teen at 18 is not going to be perfect. None of us were perfect, they're not going to be perfect. They might not even be saved yet. Or they are, but we just see different issues in their lives. Let us wait like the farmer for both the early and the late rains, trusting God. Another passage, well-known passage that we need to remember and apply again and again, Galatians 6, 9 and 10, and let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let us not grow weary of doing good. God understands our temptation to weariness. He's not shocked. He's not surprised. He understands. Let us not grow weary of doing good. And I love that. Just, okay, let's not grow weary. We will reap if we don't give up. So then, or because of that, as we have opportunity, let's do it. Let's go. We have opportunity every day to pray for our kids. Opportunity to pour into their lives, to encourage them, to remind them of the gospel. To give them biblical wisdom. What an opportunity. Our opportunity with our children is limited. And you and I know that. The days uh, feel like they're going faster and faster. Our kids are growing faster and faster. Uh, Some of us only have a few years left where they're in the home with us. Let's cherish those opportunities. Even when it's hard to cherish those opportunities. To be like the farmer. Just continues to work the land trusting God. We can't expect fast change. It it, it often, rarely happens. That does not happen. Um, We can't make it personal. They have issues with them and the Lord, and we need to love them enough to get in that with them and to care for them in that. Really, I think that our ongoing care is such an example of love, of the Christ-like love that we've been given. You know, our kids, they, they don't thank us maybe the, to the degree that that we deserve for based on, you know, what we do. Some of you moms, the amount you serve our, your children, the amount Kelly serves our children, we, we don't thank her nearly enough. The way you as parents sacrifice, not just doing dishes or laundry or homework or any of that stuff, I mean, that's huge, but, but even all the spiritual conversations, all the pointing to Christ, our kids at this point don't don't recognize the gift you are to them. But isn't that what you're doing such a picture of Christ? I'm sure we uh, we aren't even scratching the surface on how grateful we should be to Christ, all that He has done for all, us. Most importantly, in living a perfect life and dying on the cross for our sins, He's He's been a servant to us. He's been a slave in a sense. Um, in laying down his life for us. May we respond in that same way towards our children. And to remember we do so with God at our side.
I want to end with a Paul Tripp quote. He says, What do you have as a Christian parent? You have the best thing ever. And with it, you have hope. You have God in every moment of the day. The question is, will you remember that you do? What do you have as a Christian parent? You've got the best thing ever. And with it, you have hope. You have God in every moment of the day. In every moment of our parenting, we've got God. The question is, will you, will I, remember that you do? May we remember God. May we remember His promises. May we remember His grace and His strength. And and not be weary Not seek to do it in our own strength, but to trust God, to do it in His strength, to do it by His grace. And and just, uh, if there is any fruit, and the fruit that does come, and the harvest that does come in, we would be be able to give Him all the glory. Amen.